Declan, does that music like give you adrenaline to run around the whole mall and back? A little bit. It yeah. really makes me think that like I can go out on the NBA court and drop twenty five and seven dimes. You know what I mean? Yes. Like I picture myself stepping back, giving James Harden his own move, little step back to the left, one yeah. two skip to my Lou. Nothing but buckets. Would My you goodness. would you wear some facial hair against Harden or a fake facial hair? No, but I would wear a shooting sleeve for okay. sure. Shooting sleeve on the left arm, high socks, stepping back, bracelet on the right wrist. So straight would you be styling or would you be setting new trends? I would. No, I'd be styling. I wouldn't be setting new trends, I okay. don't think. If anything, I'd be trying to rip off AI because I would. And I, in an ideal world, I'd wear cornrows as well. Wow. Right? Yeah. I used to Can really. Can you? Because your hair. No. Oh, I'm sure it's not conducive to cornrows, but I used to really want them when I was like eight years old because of Allen Iverson. So you want to talk about the cultural reach Allen Iverson had? He had a white kid in Canada wanting cornrows. Here's the thing about Allen Iverson that drives me crazy. Everybody just talks about the, you know, practice. Yep. Do you, does anybody have any idea how great a basketball player that guy was incredible because he was he was listed at like six one but he was about five eleven yes truthfully yeah he was an incredible talent i mean his crossover on mj back in 96 i think it was his rookie year put the world on notice incredible talent the one thing i'm going to say is that 2001 team that made the finals mm-hmm. everyone says that was alan iverson against the world that team had the defensive player of the year the sixth man of the year and the coach of the year Allen Iverson was the man, don't get me wrong, but this notion that it was just Allen Iverson putting up 40 every night with a bunch of bums around him, he was putting up 40 every night, but that team had a lot of pieces as well. I will say this, that I'm a 76ers fan because of Dr. J, but Iverson and Embiid were were absolutely transcendent talents. Oh. Well, Embiid still is, but what, what, and I love Barkley too. Yeah, Barkley was great. Barkley was another one. That guy, he was about 6'4", he was getting 14 rebounds a night. Like he was, in, him and Dennis Rodman, two guys who weren't the tallest, but they wanted that ball. They knew how to box out well. Boxing out is such an, I'm not going to sit here and try and coach anyone, but boxing out is such an underutilized part of the game today. Like people don't coach boxing out the way they need to because it is such an important part of the game. Yep. It's grimy. People don't want to do it, but it is so important. It's, it's lost. What happened to the game I love? Yeah, well, you're right, though. There's a lot. It's just about shooting now, and it's they've lost a lot of the, the oomph and the bump and the grind. Well, some people think Steph Curry changed the game for the worst, yeah. and I don't necessarily know that's know if that's true because the analytics suggest you only need to shoot 33% from three to, sh- to have the same amount of points as shooting 50% from two. Mm-hmm. So it works out in that favor, but I agree there. A big issue a lot of ex-players have is that the game is not being taught the right way. Not everyone is going to shoot like Steph Curry. In fact, I would go as far as to say there's one person person in the history of basketball who shot like Steph Curry. Right. That's not conducive to the kids today. You need to learn how to run pick and rolls. You need to learn how to run motion offenses. You need to learn how to finish stronger. What the about basket, the skyhook? Like Let's that. bring that back. The skyhook was the most unstoppable move ever. My goodness. Best like, I don't gorgeous. know why that wasn't more utilized because Kareem, for the time when he was the all-time leading scorer, that was the most unstoppable move ever because he would kind of guard you well, with his left how arm are and you just get stop it, over it? There. Like, it's like the, the, the arc and That's the what I'm wingspan saying. is seven like... 7-1 one as well. <laughs> it's crazy good. Yeah, it was a, the, that was an incredible move. I don't I don't know why it wasn't more utilized by other centers. I think because of, like the guys who came after him, right after him, the Patrick Ewings, the Shaqs, the Hakeem's. Hakeem was more mobile, yep. but Patrick Ewing and Shaq was, were right. shoulder down bully ball. David yep. Robinson was that way as well. But what a move that was! This is good. I love talking. Did you see Shaq at LSU? He was a screamer. My God, it was like he'd play and you'd go, 
Well, they're going to give him a rest now because yep. they've already won the game. He um, was so good. No, he was incredible there. Left off the dream team for Christian Leitner back when they had to have one college guy on the team. Probably should have been Shaq. Um, and Shaq actually came into the league was, I believe, I, this may be incorrect, so I apologize if it is, but I believe he was second in MVP voting his rookie year. He might have been. I think yeah. he had like 29 and 13 his rookie But he year. was, he was such a freak. Like, he was so unusual, right? Like, And he was physical like he was fully blown he joked him and grant hill did a round table kind of discussion one time and grant was talking about how you know when mj left and the stars of the 80s were declining there was no real face of the of the league for a short period because Shaq was emerging and Shaq made the joke that i did i wasn't emerging i came out emerged yeah and boy did he because he, he did. came in and was a force immediately made that 94 finals with the magic he was he was something he wrote he he did a song i'm not going to say the name of it but it is the most vile <laughs> lyric in the history of time. And it people played it like it was nothing. That's how big a star Shaq was. Yeah, the diesel. He was something else. Yeah. Anyway, what happened to the game I love? That was a sentence I said a few minutes ago. It rains true. This past All-Star weekend was 211 to 186. The All-Star game has become a close. complete joke. <laughs> it, be- it was 104 to 89 at halftime. You know how many three-pointers both teams shot combined? No. 168. The game has become a complete sham. It's unwatchable. The dunk contest has uh, had a fall from grace that I never thought we would see. And to a lot of these guys' credits, we've seen all the dunks before, right? Yeah. Like, it's hard to emulate what we've already seen. It's hard to surpass that. The 2016 dunk contest between Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon, we were blessed because, you know, they put on you a hell of a show that we can live up to. You know. Yeah, listen, there, but something needs to be done about All-Star Weekend because it is so it is so watered down from what it once was. In this past All-Star game, my goodness, like, we need to do something to initiate a little bit of competition between these two because like I said it's unwatchable I want to see the best players going at it I want to see the best players in the world battling to see which conference are in supreme I don't want to see you know a 53 56 point quarters every time out I don't want to see these guys shooting 168 threes I want there to be some type of incentivization for the all-star game because there needs to be watchable again like it's just become a spectacle and there's nothing wrong with that but it's taken away from what it is completely when 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 all-star games are their best somebody Early on, gets some momentum. Um, in 79, Gordy Howe was just on fire, and they didn't give him the car, which is insane. They gave it to Reggie Leach. But the storylines that come out, it used back in the day, I remember this very well. They'd decide Magic would talk to whomever about who was going to win the MVP, and they would just feed that guy. Mm-hmm. And then that became the storyline. The problem is there's no real storylines, and they're they're – they used to they used to accentuate the hot young player and then elevate him and i don't know that they do that anymore no i think you're probably right i think you're probably right to a large degree i don't know what what a quick answer or what a short answer would be but so people are saying what about jokic is he like you you're saying they're not taught the right well, by the way. What about... Yeah, I was just actually replying to this text yeah. in the middle of conversation because my thing is, you know, Nikola Jokic wasn't an 8- to 12-year-old from 2016 to 2020 when Steph Curry was shooting the way he was shooting, lighting the league on fire, right? right. Like, it's those kids who are first I getting understand. into the game of basketball. Nikola okay. Jokic is incredible. He plays the game the right way. He has incredible vision for the court, can play back to the basket, can can post up, does all the things very well. But he wasn't someone who was getting into basketball, learning the sport as an 8- to 12-year-old with Steph Curry being the face Don't of the league, doing so? what he was doing. Don't you think, though, Declan, that that it's like, how do I put this? It goes in waves. Like people say, well, it's they're, they're, it's gone this way. That's wrong. But somebody will devise a way to, you know, you 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 talk about blocking out or the skyhook. 
those maybe a different version of those things will occur. Right. But part of it is you have to be able to, I guess the next step would be able to make sure your two pointers were at a high level so that even if you're shooting three points at 33%, you can't get there. Yeah, exactly. Like find high percentage shots and work high percentage offense. And like, listen, there's nothing wrong with shooting three pointers for sure. But my point is, not everyone is going to be Steph Curry. Not everyone is going to be a Clay Thompson. Not everyone is going to be in that Golden State Warriors offense. Those are two generational players, gener- generational shooters that yeah. we had never seen before. These kids today aren't going to just show up and shoot like Steph Curry. They need to learn to play the right way because, listen, 40% is an incredible clip. If you can shoot 40% from three, you are shooting at a very good clip. That's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. like if you can shoot 40%, you're doing something right. So these everyone today isn't just going to show up and start shooting 33%. Teams as a whole are not going to sh- start shooting 33%. They may, they may do it for a time, but it's probably not conducive to a continuous success of basketball. Getting high percentage looks, getting, you know, getting low post shots, getting layups, things like that. Those are the things that are timeless. And I'm not trying to take away from three point shooting. I love three point shooting. I think it's you know good for the game. It's exciting, but it's just it. Not everyone is going to do what those guys do, and that's why I think people need to learn the game in a different way. So I have a question for you. I checked down, like during the all-star break of the NHL, I'd watch as much basketball as I can and vice versa. When the basketball yeah. is on the all-star game, I watch as much as, you know, hockey as I can. But after the all-star break, I think we sort of kind of gear up for the season, the run to the playoffs, yeah. right? This is when it really counts and matters. Well, a lot of people think that the NBA season really kind of begins around Christmas. Right. And right when the NFL starts to wind down. Yeah. And I think that's true. And this, like, it's the same thing with the NHL. It's an 82-game slog, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like when, this has been said to death, but when you're LeBron James and you made eight straight finals in the Eastern Conference from 2011 to 2018, or you're, you know, Steph Curry, who's got four, like you can't get up for every regular season right. game, right? And yeah. the second half of the season is really when things start to kick into gears. Teams start to take things a little bit more seriously for playoff position. Things start to matter a little bit more. The one thing is now the NBA has a rule that you have to play 65 games to be award eligible. And to be award eligible and make some of those all NBA teams now affect contracts moving forward, have for a little while. So that's another incentive that you're going to see stars missing less games you're going to see you know more players playing in big moments and when they need to be which i think is good for the game good for the league Um, but yeah this is when the season really starts to get going really starts to pick up Derek says uh, they could have put that storyline focus on Halliburton, but he was so close to winning the MVP in his home arena. Uh, Lillard went out and sunk late threes to take the MVP away. Should have at least given it to the young guy at home, in my opinion. I think that's kind of what the All-Star Game is about, is rewarding youth and having uh, new stars emerge. That's just my opinion. I agree. And Tyrese Halliburton, he was my pick, actually, to win the All-Star Game MVP. He's done a lot for Indiana. He is a great foundational piece they have there. He's going to be good for many years to come. I would have loved to see him get the MVP. He shot 10 for 14 from three. I think Damian Lillard shot 11 for 22 or 23. He high I think he made one more, but he shot way more. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton was great. Did it in less minutes than Damian Lillard. Uh, was passing the ball well for an All-Star Game. Obviously, you know, it's defense is a little easier in the All-Star Game. It's not like some of the assists you're going to see in game. But I I would have loved to see Tyrese Halliburton win it as well. I think it would have been a great story. And I think it really would have catapulted him to being what one of the true faces of the league could be. Because we look at some of the faces of the, of the league right now, the true faces of the league, the Steph Currys, the LeBron James, the Kevin Durants, those guys are all older. Now, we do have another generation of Joel Embiid's, Nikola Jokic's, Luka Doncic's right. right there. But in a small market like Indiana, I think it would have been great for Tyrese Halliburton to get that push and truly kind of become one of those superstars of the league. In the NBA, can you be a small market team and win consistently? 
Like yeah, you, can't, I mean, you can't in baseball. If you have the right player, you can. I mean, look, Milwaukee did it. They, no, they haven't won consistently, but they still won one with yeah. Giannis a couple years ago. Cleveland won one with LeBron. Right. Um, Toronto know, is not a small market. Toronto is not a small market in terms of you know actual Metropop, but I would say in terms of the NBA and attracting free agents, it's a smaller market. I know it's not in terms of actual population size, but just in terms, it's not one of the glamour markets like New York or Boston or LA, something like that. No. So you definitely can. It's a little tougher to do it consistently consistently as is with any sport of course but it can be done i don't think it's as rare and i think if you can get a superstar because basketball is the one sport where it is most dominated by one player if you can have one player you can take over the game in a way you can't in other sports Mm -hmm. if you have that player in your small market you're on you're on the right path all right i don't want to take any more of your time you have anything else to add i no, low tide i'm all done thank you for uh, giving me this platform appreciate it no i i you break i i cannot speak as expertly about the nba as you uh we would be on by now, I would be talking about the 83-76ers. We can talk about that as well, because I know you want to talk about Moses Malone and Mo Cheeks. You know, you know what drives me nuts is? I, I love Dr. J, but the amount of, of disrespect for Moses that, like, they, he get, you know... Moses might be the most underrated player ever. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know, and I'm you, t- I'm serious, man. Mo Cheeks does not no, get Mo Cheeks was great. My goodness, one of the better point guards that the kids today don't know about. <laughs> I love that era. I love the Portland Trailblazers. There was there was some really from seventy. I don't know. Oh, so you're a Bill Walton guy, is what I'm hearing. Love Bill Walton. Mm. Yeah. Who doesn't? Well, Kareem. I think they both shortened each other's careers. Although Kareem forgot to stop. Yes, yeah, so I don't know if Kareem's was shortened, but Bill's certainly was. But, but I'll tell you, Bill had that two year prime where he was as like, good as any center in the league. He but was, it was unbelievable. Yeah. Like it, they when they won, what year did the Trailblazers win 70, 77 or yeah. 78. Unbelievable. And yeah. you know, he was still, he was hurt then too. Like he yeah. wasn't, he was starting to break down. MVP, finals MVP, champion all in the same season. I think it was 77, no. might have been 78. Nice work, Deck from Husks. Husks is my guy. We constantly talk about basketball on the text line. So I appreciate that very much, Husks. Thank you very much. I don't talk to people on the text line. Do they, are they upset? Um, I, yeah, I mean, I, as was, as is with anything, I think some people have a tendency to get get upset, and nothing wrong with that. We we address it and we it's move on. It's just that I can't talk and chew gum at the same time. I hope people know that. I'm not trying to be a jerk. I, I just can't do both. You know, I think I've proven that. Yeah, it's that's a skill, though. Walking, like, come on. Well, Don't I, sell yourself short. If I'm talking and I'm typing, it's going to be, this is what it's going to be. And then they went... And had potato salad. And so what we said is that would be what it would be. You ever tried to deal cards and have a conversation at the same time? Well, because I played cribbage with my dad when I was a kid. Um, I can do that. That's talent. No wonder you're where you are in that chair. (laughs) My goodness. Oh, stop. All right. So, boys, I enjoyed this. We decided today that there will be some McLaughlin group coming and possibly karaoke. Uh, Have we chosen our songs yet? Do you have a song yet, Donovan? Uh, I, I think I'm going to go uh, go old school. Maybe I, I might release a little Canadian boy, Brian Adams. Oh, okay. What about you? Hurricane by Dylan. I'm going to either do I uh, Can't Help It If I'm Still In Love With You by Hank Williams, or or I might do Some Enchanted Evening from South Pacific. I haven't decided yet. I do love the musicals. And we have crickets. Thanks so much for tuning in. Jason Greger on the way. It's time for a sports update.